I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And standing by to join me is author Amy B. Chesler. She's going to share details on her new book, Working for Justice, One Family's Tale of Murder, Betrayal, and Healing. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. What does it feel like your book comes out and we're in a pandemic? Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I don't even know if I can verbalize that. <laughs> uh, I, I also went through a divorce in the pandemic. It was it was quite oh, a year. Amy. And I moved. Uh, it was definitely a, a big year. Um, but I feel like, I don't know. I think sometimes timing is serendipitous. And it felt like that yeah. some, to me a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if I shared this mantra with you. I tend to tell my guests uh, this mantra. Sometimes the worst thing that happens to you turns out to be the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, always hold true. But a lot of times, like you went to the storm of your divorce, but look now the birth of your book. Mm, yes. And, you know, yeah, and, and the topic, of course, you know, I, I, I hope I, sometimes it's hard for me to swallow that everything happens for a reason, but I, I do believe that something good comes out of everything. Absolutely. Right. So even out okay. of my mom's murder, um, yeah. you know, I'm getting to tell this story and I'm, I'm creating a community for a lot of people that need it. So that's something very beautiful out of something awful. So I absolutely agree with you to a certain extent too. At what point did you decide you wanted to share your personal story and put it out there? Oh goodness. Um, probably in fourth grade. No, <laughs> I mean, I've always <laughs> known I wanted to be a writer. Oh, you did? Um, okay. Yes, always. Um, and I was published in fourth grade. I had teachers really early on believing in my, in my voice and the use of it. Right. Um, but every single person said, you know, you got to write what you know. And that, you know, obviously at that age, I had no idea what I knew. And even as time went on and I went through a very volatile life, um, and kind of passed, I still didn't know. And then once I got out of the thick of things and, you know, removed myself from a domestically violent situation and started to really heal, that's when mm -hmm. I knew that part of my healing is storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. I, I found I empowered myself with it and I empowered other people the more I shared. And that was my turning point where like, okay, I really have to turn this into a book already. Yes. Um, it's about six years ago, probably. Took a okay. while. <laughs> So you were writing your book and going through a divorce at the same time? Um, I actually, you know, I wrote it a while before. Okay. Um, or I started writing it. I did not write the whole thing. Um, and okay. I got lost because the, the topic was so personal to me. Mm -hmm. It was, I was so attached to it. I couldn't really separate myself from the story itself. I needed help. So I stopped writing that and wrote a bunch of other stuff about parenting and, and movies and fun That's stuff. Good. Yeah. And then when I went through my divorce, I went, now is the time to actually tell my story authentically because I think I needed to, um, that was the final step to my healing and to my actually just being able to live authentically. Yes. Um, and that was really pinnacle to telling my yeah. story. You know, my It's almost life. like, maybe I'm wrong, but you had a sense of freedom. You had the oh. freedom to just be you, tell your story. There's nobody judging. Mm -hmm. And that's what, it, that's what good writing is. It's just letting it out there and oh, true, I right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I find that too, like people that aren't writers, I call it like the American Idol uh, syndrome where you're not a singer, but you, boy, you can slam somebody to the ground with your words, right? Same with writing or anything, you know, you're, you don't go for it. You're not creative, but boy, you can rip somebody to shreds. <laughs> you know? I actually believe also, I think everybody has a story. Not everybody is a storyteller. 
Um, But I feel like the people that are storytellers have the onus of responsibility in doing that. And whether it's through art or dance or song or writing, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, And yeah, I I think that we have, (laughs) we we hold a lot of power. With great power comes great responsibility and the pen is mightier than the sword. I love idioms, obviously, but (laughs) so put those together and yeah, you have a lot of responsibility and power. It's great. So let's jump into the book. Tell, Tell us a little bit about it without giving too much away. Does this okay. really happen to you? Um, yeah. So this, you know, my book, Working for Justice, mm-hmm. is about my mom's murder, um, which took place in Calabasas, California, kind of a city, a little bit of infamy, mm-hmm. um, around 13, going on 14 years ago. Um, it was the culmination of a rather domestically violent situation. Um, and although her murderer was, con- you know, captured that evening, the criminal justice proceedings after that were pretty tedious and and torturous. Um, So my book kind of carries the reader through um, that night that her, you know, chapter one, the killer may still be inside, (laughs) uh, begins uh, that night. And then, you know, um, and that was not how I framed the book originally. And that's the the help I needed because really the, the, the justice seeking process what is the is the meat of the story um and without giving away too much it just took years um and we're actually already looking at parole (laughs) uh nine and a half years after conviction so um where were you the night this happened Uh, i was at work um you know we so you know again this is not giving away that much either because i mentioned chapter one um but you know a lot of people will go your dad, no, that's such a, you know, societal assumption, but my brother was rather abusive and he is the one that, that took my mom's life. So, um, we lived together, the, the three of us, um, you know, I was 22. I just graduated college. Um, my, my bosses, it was such a weird time for me. My bosses were Corey Feldman and Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) so random um you should have said Arnold yeah yes he was yeah it was wonderful what I don't mean to make a stupid joke by the way no (laughs) No, um but yeah so I I was working and you know again I he was violent towards both of us so it was kind of like my I was seeking like my life outside of my out of my home out of this very detrimental situation um so I you know I was kind of throwing myself into my work I was there that night um, and like the worst of abuse sometimes happens, you know, he, they kind of knew I was going to be gone that evening. Um, and yeah, so I, I came home to find her and you was, found her. I did. I did. It was whoa, like you said, the worst part of my life. I don't think I can ever, it can never be the best, <laughs> but good things may come from it. Hopefully. Um, oh and God. you know, something I didn't mention, and a goal with my book um, is I, I try to bring kind of the humanistic side, you know, true crime is really big right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it, kind of that statement a little bit uh, as, a, as a victim, it kind of makes me gag, but I, I can't, you know, it's fascinating. I know my mom was kind of a true crime junkie as well. Um, okay. And uh, it just, yeah, for, for me to have to translate our story into a true crime memoir is kind of mind blowing. Um, and yeah, I, I'm a little flustered at the moment, just talking about it. <laughs> well, it's fine. I'm thinking since your mom enjoyed that, I bet she'd be honored and so proud. 
I think her 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 greatest tenant in life in life, you know, her mission was to always, you know, things happen. Right. You know, no life is perfect. Uh, she shared, and her kind of philosophy on parenting was not to kind of shelter me from much. You mm -hmm. know, not that she shoved me into things, but. Um, she told me true, you know, stories about her life, which I laced into the book and I, I, what I was about to get at, um, actually that I kind of lost track, but, um, I do lace in her diary entries as well. Um, because she thought it was important for me to kind of just be prepared for anything in life. And here I, <laughs> you know, um, it's amazing that she was so open with you like that. She was my best friend. That's for sure. And I, I, beautiful it would have been developed even further, you know, but I was only 22. So I yeah. definitely appreciated her by those years for sure. Amazing. What a blessing to be that connected all along. Cause some mother daughters are not. Mm -mm. No, I absolutely, I think, you know, that's another thing that life, and I'm sure you can attest to this, but when awful things happen to us, sometimes if we have, you know, you can make the choice to just say like, okay, that was really awful, but now I can see that life on the regular is so beautiful <laughs> there's yeah. so much to be grateful right. for um yes. on the day-to-day -day basis i always say we have two roads the negative road with the thoughts and behaviors and the positive path and sometimes we think we're going down positive but we end up going down negative that's kind of disguised and you mm -hmm. do something to hurt yourself or overdo something because you're emotionally hurting mm -hmm. i lost a friend of mine 10 years ago which is how i started the show Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you kind of figure it out like, no, I got to switch paths, pivot, go a different direction, work on myself, you know, how did you move through this grief? Um, you know, <laughs> that was actually a question someone posed to me that night, like, how are you going to get through this? And, you know, of course, that night I was like, I don't know. Oh, come on. Um, yeah. You know, and, but that's a question I've gotten yeah. so many times where people are like, how do you... Um, gosh, I was just reared to be a super positive person. You know, it sounds weird because pe the first no, people- No, it doesn't. It's maybe your mom was like that. Oh, she was, at, she was, you know, whether life kind of knocked her down a lot or, or not. Um, mm -hmm. I saw it in her, in her actions and her, definitely her words that yes, mm -hmm. you know, you pick yourself up and dust yourself off. All right. <laughs> a, a funny little thing just illustrates my mom perfectly. Um, I ran in sixth grade for, you know, I wrote it in my book. Um, treasurer and I lost miserably like I was the only kid who didn't get a runoff and when I got home she said I'm so sorry what are you going to run for next year and that's what I did every year and I lost every year but oh. <laughs> I learned you know and I have friends who wanted to be a writer and they're like just how did you do it and they go you just keep pitching because people are going to say no that's people right. are going to say no to you a million yeah. times you have to be okay with with, with rejection yes. which is never really fully rejection unless you give up yes it's just a, it's just a test or a pivot yeah. or a point yeah. of, you know, yeah. challenge. <laughs> I once wrote this blog entry on this show blog, Dear Rejection, Thank You, mm. because you do learn so much from all those rejections. And it, sometimes after a while, you're like not taking it personally, just using it fuel for your fire. Totally. Yeah. I, 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 yes, I had a best friend who it was very hard for her to like take edits, you know, and I would say, I, I love it. You know, to be honest, in this process, People's told me don't read the reviews of my book and that I love it and even if it's you know not a stellar review or whatnot which I pretty much all of them have been I love to hear people's perspective of my story it's okay if they have a different one or if they have a criticism mm -hmm. I'm you know I it's important to kind of be stalwart and um and heal yourself enough to be kind yes. of impervious to other people's opinions right exactly and, 
I think I needed to be at that point in order to write my book as well. What advice would you give, would you give to someone who has gone through something really traumatic? I mean, I, I just want to say when I asked you about grief, like, I don't believe we ever get over stuff. I think we move forward, but it's okay. It's, it's a personal thing. Grief is very personal. I was just having this conversation with a friend. Um, I read something saying grief is circular and I don't believe that. Um, I don't think we'll ever be exactly where we start. You know, you're never going to arrive exactly, but I think it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, years, days, everything is different. So it kind of, we slide up and down. Um, and it's just important and to kind of thoroughly answer your question a little bit better. Um, I think it's important to just know what heals you specifically. Yeah. I love talk therapy. My degree is in psychology. I started my master's in marriage and family therapy, dropped out very quickly. Cause I was like, Oh, I needed to understand my family. I don't want to, <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I think it's important. I knew, I know therapy helps me mm -hmm. um, if it's with a good therapist. I know right. group therapy. I know dancing and cooking. And, you know, it, you just have to, I don't know if it's self-care or just, I mean, knowing what you need, but you gotta, yes. you gotta deliver. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, also knowing that your happiness is internal. I think it's yes. really important. Yeah. And allowing for the grief to ebb and flow. And being kind to yourself. I mean, we're allowed to have bad days. I had a day this week. I was really down. I was like feeling like I'm working so hard and things aren't really going where I wanted to go. And I was just really bummed out. And then I'm like, you know what? Just go cook something, like make something homemade and something healthy, you know, because I know from being a junk food person years ago, that doesn't work. It's temporary. <laughs> you know, so just being kind to you is really important. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Like allowing for the grief to ebb and flow. And if you yeah. have a hard day allowing for it. Um, yeah, it's, it's so important. And, and, and understanding, I think a lot of people just try to move through the grief. Um, and that kind of perpetuates it longer. I think right. confronting it, I, I wrote in my book, like, how did you get through it? Uh, you know what? I told my story first. I started with a live piece, which is mm -hmm. kind of what spurred my book. That's and good. I got such intense feedback and such lovely words from everybody involved that I, um, I just, you know, I started trying to formulating it into something else. And, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just about allowance, I think. Well, that's great that you took that first step to do it as a live piece. Some people might not have done that. I, I think I knew I needed it in my heart. You know, mm -hmm. I needed, I... People are like, you're so brave. Actually, some of my, you know, all of this storytelling, it's, it's, it's selfish too. It really, every time I tell my story, I feel lighter. It doesn't have as much control over me as, you know, it might've once done. So it's, it, I think it's all habitual. And as long as you just kind of shift the, the thought patterns and the habits. Yes. yes. But it's not really fully selfish because when you think about the person that might be watching this conversation that's been bottling it up, Amy, you've given them an opportunity to go, you know what, maybe it's time. I've, I've had epiphanies from guests on my show that made me realize like, you know, maybe I need to let that go hmm. or maybe I need to work on that. You that's know? so powerful. And you know what? I, my, our family history was just covered by like one of the top true crime podcasts in the world. And the response after that was just so intense. So many people coming out saying, reaching out to me going, I didn't even know I was abused. I didn't know sibling abuse was a thing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't even know the name. I, I, now I know that I'm not, you know, and I'm not manufacturing an ill kind of relationship or, um, 
it's been really amazing the power I've kind of allowed other people just by being myself. I, I it, it kind of almost all started, to be honest. I was on the playground once talking to a woman and I don't know, it was very, I had, I had my first daughter, I mean, my first daughter, my first child. And I was in the throes of grief, becoming a mother without a mother and yeah. not really knowing what to do. And I just told this random stranger at the park that my mom was killed. I don't oh, know God. what heard the conversation. She goes, my dad killed my mom. And he's, he, he was a cop. He got in, you know, he never went even in, in prison and we just bonded instantly. And she gave me this group called children of murdered parents. On, that. On Wait, about that. And then I shared about that book in my, I mean, about that group in my book. And I've already got messages like, oh my gosh, I never knew there was that space for me. And thank you so much for illuminating. Mm -hmm. so, All yeah. because you opened up to a stranger at a park. Well, I, I'm finding every time I, I do write something I wrote in my book that I fully believe is that I don't think loose lips think ships. I think that they are, you know, communication brings catharsis a hundred percent. I bet. And I yeah. think that's such an archaic way of thinking that like, keep it tight. No, let it out. It feels really good. And it helps other people. <laughs> you got to change that loose lips, um, create friendships or something. Oh, I love it. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But it's Point. true though, because I feel like, especially now with um, the pandemic, I have met hundreds of strangers by doing this, by flipping my show and making it on camera if they feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And the conversations you meet, you have face-to-face -face are so different than audio. Oh, 100%, I absolutely right? agree. Yeah. What else would you like people to know about your book without giving too much away? Oh goodness, um, you know, this, uh... It's weird. We were just talking about, you know, having hard days. Right before my book came out, I had a really hard day. I just wanted a hug from my mom. <laughs> yeah. So, and then the book came out and everything felt lovely. And then 10 days later, I found out my um, brother is up for parole um, in August. So really, you know, my goal was to tell our story, to bring awareness. Now it's more, I, I have a huge sense of urgency in getting it out um, because I think that our story represents huge travesties in that occur, you know, what, no matter what political leaning or whatever, they mm -hmm. just occur um, mm -hmm. because of the system. And I think that I would love people to heed, you know, to take in our story um, and try to support, um, you know, some changes that could perhaps really benefit victims <laughs> and, right alike you know and also I'm my hope is to kind of bring a humanistic side to the true crime community you know I think that we kind of objectify one of the reviews about my book was so lovely it said you know the true crime community kind of objectifies things and moves on and that's okay because it's facts and you know yeah. they want another but my book to her she said it kind of brought the humanistic side and also just to bring the victims you know it's so it's so rare that a victim's perspective is offered. Yes. Um, and I want, I would hope people leave themselves open to that. And, you know, yeah, letting, letting our story move them. Um, and hopefully maybe signing a petition to keep my brother in prison <laughs> in the next couple months. <laughs> is he older than you? He is. Yeah. Three years older. Okay. I was kind of always the older sibling though. You know, if mom yes. left the house, you'd be like, okay, Amy, make sure he doesn't burn it down, which was a possibility. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Where can people find out more about you and your book? 
Um, I have a website, amybchessler.com. Um, although, unfortunately, I've had some issues with it in the last month or two. Um, they can find me on all platforms, Amy B. Chesler, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, they can find my book on Amazon or any major book outlet um, that sells them. Great. Uh, yeah. And it, they can reach me. I, you know, I answer direct instant or direct messages if anyone wants to, you know, I have been working so much. I love to receive other people's stories, even if they're tragic. Um, I'm in a good space where that's almost part of my mission. Good. So if anyone wants to reach out and be like, this is something I've gone through. Thank you for- You're very compassionate and empathetic. You really are. I try to be, I'm not always, (laughs) but everyone has their moments. Thank you very much. It's a very kind thing to say. I appreciate that. You are, you are. I put put all your information on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. The best name ever. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. So be well, congratulations. And this was fantastic. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, Janine. You're wonderful.